Today, we are talking about trends and we're really focusing on trends that are just out there for 2024. What is trending and what are some things that you should be on the lookout for? But also more interestingly, (laughs) what is going on from a trend perspective as it relates to consumer shopping behaviors and also how you can take those trends and incorporate them into your brand messaging. It's a really, really fun conversation. I'm so freaking excited. I have my friend, my former coworker from the early days of my fashion industry career, Jessica Richards here with me today to talk about this. She's a trend forecaster and a style storyteller. She's the founder of her consulting firm, JMR Trending Creative. And she really focuses on inspiring people and brands for what is now and what is next. So she's a really extensive background in forecasting and design. She's worked for major North American retailers. And she has just a really interesting forward thinking, but commercial and brand right approach to product and editorial content projects. And she really specializes in the fashion and the wellness industries. She's been quoted, she has been quoted and featured as a guest expert across international media. So New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Vogue, Elle, New York Magazine. She also is a panelist and an educational speaker at Magic, Atlanta Apparel, New York Now. She used to be the former fashion director for the Accessories Council. I mean, this girl is so legit. She knows how to forecast trends and interpret them for brands at all scales. This is such a fun conversation. I hope that you can just feel our energy and take some some pieces of this conversation and ignite some of that creative trend energy into your brand for 2024 because in her words, 2024 is the year of the woman. So let's get into it. Enjoy the chat. Hi, Jessica. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for coming on the Buyer Side Chat. Yes, Kristen. Oh my God, it's been a long time. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a long time. Okay, you guys, Jessica and I have a history. <laughs> we have a history. I'm sure it's we need to just like address it because we got on this recording and we, we immediately were like, oh my God, we haven't seen each other in so long. And we we're like, let's pause and hold this little bit of magic for <laughs> for the recording because I think it'll just be fun to talk about. So before we, should we, let me, let me actually back up. I feel like you need to introduce yourself. Let's do a proper introduction and then let's catch up on the podcast. Okay. So please tell us who you are and your background and what you do, all the amazing things about you. Sure. I have to say the excitement is so palpable. I already love where this is going. I'm very excited <laughs> to be here for so many reasons, but the excitement level is one of them. Um, so I am Jessica Richards. I am a trend forecaster. I'm also founder of my own um, consulting agency, which is JMR Trend and Creative. So when people ask, what do I do? I primarily tell them I'm a trend forecaster, but I've started to tell people that I'm a style storyteller. And what I mean is that I use trend to really guide businesses at all levels, B2B, B2C, uh, product development, 
to talk about how trend is relevant in all areas of their business. Everything from actually creating product through to marketing, to social media, to how we're dressing mannequins in our stores, how we're arranging displays. Trend plays a huge role in how we're speaking to our customers. So I do styling. I do a little bit of everything. It's very exciting, but it's deeply rooted in trend and how that can be um, used as a method of communicating with our customer. I love that. That's, it's so, <laughs> I mean, first of all, you said that so perfectly, but it makes so much sense because, you know, you can easily say, well, trend is print and pattern and trend is this graphic or it's this silhouette or it's this, you know, jewelry, finish, you know, metal finish. Like it could be these things, but also it actually applies to all aspects of your brand. And I think it's super interesting and it's very smart to package that all into one, one big thing. So that's very cool. Yeah. I mean, if I like give a little bit of background about what my experience was and, you know, you and I met, uh, at a large specialty retail store where you were a designer and I was working on the administrative side, but I did have other roles. We will, we'll unpack all of that, but I, I can do it now. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm like chomping at the bit. (laughs) I know. I want to give a little bit of context. So then after that, I was uh, a design director for private label at a department store group for about, I would say eight years or so. And then I started my own business in 2020. And, you know, I was actually very inspired by one of your recent podcasts where you were like, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm just going to talk about some challenges I have. And I'm actually going to be vulnerable. I think I told a lot of people that I started my business, you know, on my own, but I was one of the first layoffs of 2020. And I used it as an opportunity because I was so bored to start doing what I loved, which was trend forecasting for a a bigger audience. And I worked with the accessories council and that was my platform. And I started to grow an audience there. Um, I was spotted or I guess uh, someone from the New York Times was listening to one of my calls. And from there, I got a placement. And that's how I started my business was sort of backwards out of necessity because I was being used (laughs) to do a quote and to talk about one of the trends that was happening. And so that's where my business came from. Yeah, you know, such a such an interesting experience. But, um, you know, like I said, being vulnerable about that's how it started. I was pushed into what I was meant to do, because truly, that's where I'm meant to be. Um, But as you know, because you come from corporate retail, my dream was always to do trend forecasting for real people. You know, we came up in a time where I don't want to say some of the names, but like, you know, you have these like very famous trend forecasters and they have these huge seminars and you go there and there's like, it's about a blade of grass and what it looks like when it blows in the wind. And you're like, well, what does that mean for like denim finishes this year? Like I have no idea what to do with that information. So it's fascinating as that was, and you could kind of go anywhere with it. And there was color projections and all of that. I was really inspired for many years. I thought there's got to be a better way to talk about trend to anybody and help them with their business because it shouldn't be a privilege. It should be something Mm -hmm. that is accessible and trend should be democratized. And so that's really where my business was born out of. And it's truly a passion. It really is. I mean, it, you know, having known you for so long, so like we knew each other and we (laughs) have been friends forever, but then we haven't, we haven't actually talked aside from like some social media, like I like your Instagram story, you know, for years, but I just know this about you so intrinsically. Like I knew it back when you were 
an administrative assistant. Like I knew like that was, you were just so in tune with that and so talented. And I love that you're talking about like, you know, democratizing it because this is something that I, I like to talk about this on the podcast, just kind of opening people's minds up a little bit to the inside view kind of to corporate retail, because mm-hmm. there is very much an industry divide between corporate retail. The buyers are kind of on this pedestal. Obviously they have the budget and the money to spend. And then there's small business and small business is like in this bucket, but small business could mean, you know, you're making some things in your house, or it could also mean you have a multi-million dollar business, but you're still bucketed as small. And it's like very separate. And there are these like privileges that corporate retailers have because of their budget, but they kind of operate in this little bubble. But I think the way the industry has shifted is that like, there's just this kind of coming to to Jesus a little bit (laughs) and having access to information and, you know, we can talk about like where to find all these, you know, resources, but like it is becoming so much uh, more accessible. And I love that you talk about that and just like make that part of your platform. I think it's just, it is really like refreshing to hear. Well, it's, it's important to me. It's, it's truly something that I've always been passionate about. And I think we should talk about us sitting across from each other because that's, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to do that right now. So it's yeah. so hilarious. I, we just have to revisit this because Kristen and I, when we were coworkers, one thing I'll say is that the, one of the better parts of corporate retail is that you do develop relationships and friendships with people that you mm-hmm. think about or keep or revisit the rest of your life. And I think Mm -hmm. about that time and and the camaraderie that we had as a group, we were going out on the weekends, we were working together, like we spent such an enormous amount of time. And I think back at that group and that time of my life so fondly. And, you know, you and I would be sitting, maybe our faces were three feet away from each other. I mean, they were maximum. (laughs) They are not COVID-19 friendly. Like there was zero social distancing. You guys like just picture, okay, we basically shared a desk that was probably like, I'm looking at mine, five feet deep. I would say, oh, and yeah. there, and there was like a tiny divider, and then we had our computers, and we literally were, I think, three feet apart, face to face, all day long. So I was an assistant designer, and it was like I started out in buying, and I had a really terrifying, horrible boss that made me think that I was so dumb and I was never going to be a buyer. And I'm like, well, my creative brain is like telling me you need to be in design because I have a total creative side. And so I had that stint in design. And then I was like, actually, no, the strategy side is what I prefer more. (laughs) I'm going back to buying because like now I know enough. But that was such like, when we talk about those like pivotal points in our career, I was young. I mean, we were both, I don't know like if we're the exact same age, but we're pretty close in age, like very early out of college days. And like we were in our New York City party days, like living it up living it up. I think a lot. First of all, I will be 40 this year and I'm very proud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud to say it. I'm excited. It's next month. It's in March. Um, but I, I wanted to just like, remember the other day, like what were we doing? Because we were going out 24 years old, making almost no money, like having the time of our lives, working so hard, being so passionate about what we did. And that again, that time is so pivotal in anyone's life, but it set the tone of how I feel about this industry. And it has, 
ignited a passion in my heart forever for, for what's possible for sure. Oh, I, love I think that. it's important to talk about this too, because this has been so influential in my career, but we, it was 2007, 2008, the recession was hit, was hitting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to be a young person and to be in New York city and to be watching the world on fire and, and to, to, maybe have an opportunity to be um, as disruptive in the industry as we might ever have in our career lifetimes, right? So the, the idea of the trade down customer and how important that was to design of what the products that we were yes. creating and like we were, we were taking that on, talk about trend, right? So yeah. a market trend was happening and we were learning mm-hmm. at such a young age, how do you react to that? What kind of luxury influences can you start to bring into mass market design and and this starts to snowball right so this goes mm-hmm. back to what ultimately what the ethos of my business is which is that everyone in the world especially now has visibility to anything you want you could be anywhere you could be in antarctica and you can be watching the couture shows in real time as they're happening same as somebody in paris same as somebody in new york Everyone has this hyper visibility now. So why wouldn't we want to talk about trend to anyone and everyone and why it's applicable for all levels? It's no longer just for one level of the market. And we're not all trying to aspire to be at the top of the pyramid. There's so much excitement in the middle. And I think, you know, going back to that job that we're talking about, we learned that early because we had the benefit of going through the recession and seeing how that affected product design. So it's, it's so relevant now. It's so relevant to what we're doing. I think that that's such a good point because, you know, the economy just ebbs and flows. So things might feel really tough right now, but they were tough before. It's like it rebounds and then it goes down. It rebounds and it goes down. And it's how you are resilient in those times with how you're running your business, how you're thinking about the product assortment that you have, how you're looking out for the trends that are they're out there that could be relevant to your brand and how to kind of embrace that and just be fluid and flexible and learning. That is, I think, the the really hard thing, being a small business owner, when you're wearing all the hats, you sometimes just think, oh my God, business is not good right now. Or my customers don't like this anymore. What is going on? They This was a bestseller for years. But when you kind of pull back at a more macro level and look at what's going on around you, and also just like historical trends, you can start to say, okay, this is actually what's happening. We're in right. a down, we're in a downtrend, but I can still make money. I can still actually grow my business in a downtrend if I'm just a little smarter about, you know, or if I think a little bit differently rather about the way I'm marketing or the product oh, I'm carrying, you know, yeah. resilience is everything. And if, mm-hmm. if we didn't learn in 2008, then we relearned it in 2020. We're relearning it now. It's yeah. like you said, it, everything ebbs and flows and it's just about taking a step back, which is terrifying as a small business owner, right? Like when you have so much to think about and so much at risk, it's really hard when these tough times hit, but it's about taking a breath, being resilient, being savvy and trying something even in the face of adversity, because there's opportunity for sure. Yeah. I love that. So I'd love to talk to you just about like knowing kind of where the market is at now what you're kind of seeing from a trend perspective of, you know, in 2024, like what are some of the trends that you're starting to see that are emerging? And I'm going to kind of give you a two-part question and we can just kind of roll with it. So like in terms of trends emerging, but also how to take those trends and filter them for your brand. Because there's so many different ways you can take a trend and it's like, okay, this, this, you know, I'm going to say, 
uh, let's say checkered patterns were, you know, were huge in 2023, but like, does that make sense for your brand? What are those filters? And like, how do you kind of incorporate that into your, when you're designing and when you're forecasting for your own brand? Sure. So I'm going to take a two-part question and turn it into a 10-part answer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, go for it. Let's, let's talk about sort of how I trend forecast, right? So it's, it's about taking the information of what's been happening in the past seasons, thinking about where it's going to evolve to, starting to flow in what's impactful in the zeitgeist. Um, you know, now more than we did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we have in enormous impacts of social media. And I do want to talk about all of the cores and the mini trends that come up because I have, yes, I, I have, have a lot of thoughts about this too. Non-negative by the way, but it, it, it fits into this answer. And so uh -huh. with all of these influences, right? I like to take them and start to put them into a story. And this is where I go into that style storytelling, because when I'm working with a client or when I'm doing an education panel or when there's some platform to talk about the trends, I want the end user to incorporate that story into their own brand DNA in a way that's authentic and organic for, for their client, right? I don't think anyone should ever try to retrofit something to to try to align with a trend, even if it's a big one, because that's not going to work. And you've already started your business and you know how to talk to your client and they trust you as a small business. So you want to maintain that trust, but also still look relevant. So when I'm thinking about 2024, I want to talk about one of the bigger trends that I'm standing behind and my, I might always say some controversial things. So bear with me. Go for, for it. it. Go for it. <laughs> my idea of controversial in trend is really, it's very, uh, it's not that controversial at all. Um, my, my story is this. So if we're thinking about 2023, right? And we're thinking about girly core or girly aesthetic or coquette aesthetic and that very like fanciful um, fantasy girly dressing. We loved the pink. We loved Barbie. But there was something that, ignited us about Barbie, right? It was this idea of there was such a powerful message behind what we interpreted as a very girly, like fun brand, right? Mm -hmm. So there it got us thinking, the wheels started turning, right? And we were like thinking about womanhood in a way. And I want to say that from the, the movies premiere in July through to the end of the year, we had our girly core. We had our lighter moment. At the same time, you're like running these other trends. We have our vanilla girl. We have our clean girl. We have this very like quiet luxury moment. So I don't today because I'm taking a little break until next week. But normally I wear very long French tips. I have the maximum length of fake eyelashes that you can have applied to your face. Um, I like have a nice healthy dose of hairspray that I spray in the morning. I am not a vanilla girl. I am not a clean girl, <laughs> nor am I a quiet aesthetic. <laughs> so imagine my joy to see all over social media that mob wife aesthetic was going to be the thing taking I... over... January 2024. <laughs> and I mean, I could like, I am not a trend <laughs> forecaster, okay? But I knew, I knew you were going to be like, I am here for the mob wife trend. Oh, it's my, because, because like, that, that is, is your me. persona. Like, <laughs> to a core, like, freaking love that for you. It's, it's I hope Jessica that you are. Core. <laughs> 100%. 100 <laughs> um, but what I love about that, and I actually, can we put a pin in that idea? Because then there's another thought that yes, I have about go that. Go for it. 
So I, you know, mob wife aesthetic, I had also been watching since November of last year, the pre-fall shows and something interesting is happening because every single show from cities around the world has a power suit in the show, right? And a big giant silhouette, big shoulders, big pants, oversized jewelry, which you almost never see in runway or in the shows, like big gigantic pearl necklaces that you are giant arm cuffs, at Victoria Beckham, like giant jewelry. Everything is big, big, big. So something started to speak to me and I'm like, okay, we have, our brains are, are thinking about womanhood because of Barbie. Then we're like getting into this power aesthetic. Then we have this idea that it's an election year, which is always very important in fashion and it always influences fashion. And I said, you know what? I really, I'm going to stand behind this being the year of the woman. So when I think about all the Carmela Sopranos that start coming out, and again, this is where we start taking in the zeitgeist. It was the Sopranos 25 year anniversary. That's going to be coming on. People are going to be seeing that. People are going to be thinking about that. It, there has been a spirit of womanhood that's evoked in 2024. And I hope that that inspires everyone listening to to know that women are are going to be celebrating themselves at the very least this year like this is a year to say i'm not going to be packaged into an idea i'm going to stand for whatever version of femininity exists that's right for me if you are a clean girl you keep going with that if you're a mob wife you keep going with that if you're a barbie you keep going with that like i want everyone to be exactly who they are this year and i think that there is a unique ability to to take that on and the note i was going to say before is that you know sometimes with fashion and especially when we were starting and before that fashion was defined by a very specific look it's a very thin person it's someone that can fit into the sample sizes of clothes it's like it was that phoebe philo like very tailored look so for me who doesn't look like that and who does not aspire to look like that in the beginning i had a hard time identifying what i was in this industry and like how would I be deemed trustworthy? You know, so you have to also understand that 2024 is so important because I think everyone's personal aesthetic and brand means more than ever before. So this year I'm really leaning into that. This is the year of the woman. And that doesn't mean it's gendered. It just means what does femininity mean to you? And how is that, how can you be yourself this year and feel powerful. I want everyone to feel super empowered. This is the year, you know, okay, here's your zeitgeist moment. Truman Capote, that show that's coming out or that started yesterday on FX. You, I watched that trailer maybe 10 times because they just look so cool and like they have it together. And these women are like all from society and they're they're like, we're not going to be effed around with. And like, that's the attitude we're coming into 2024 with that plus Carmela, like the, there is no stopping us. This year. Yeah. So I that's love it. my big trend forecast. Um, okay. I, lo- yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I love that so much because there is, there was such a, um, like a softness to the feminine knee last year mm-hmm. and like the different prints and patterns that were trending with like the the very like fanciful florals and ruffles. And, you know, it's, it's hard whenever you're trying to figure out, okay, this is what's trending, but this is not me at all. And I'm really excited to hear that, like, those are, you know, those are carrying in. So those like really feminine patterns and silhouettes, like, sure, if that's you still go for it, but also like step into your power. And also how does that apply to just like 
how you run your business, like how you live your life and like just fully embracing and being like bold in that. And even like, as you're thinking about just, you know, how you uh, are showing up every day as a business owner and like, what are you pouring into your, into your business? Like if these like power suits and bold jewelry and like, you just step into it. If that is like, if that feels good for you, you know? I, you know, it's interesting what you're saying too, because if we go back to last year and we have that like very feminine, very girly in the ruffles, what I was thinking about before when we were talking about the cores and the aesthetics, and we see that popping up on TikTok all the time and it's, Mm -hmm. it's trending and then it's not trending. And I actually don't think that's true at all. I, I feel that these mini moments that are happening. And I love the course. I I think they're exciting. They're almost like very pulled out versions of a much larger macro trend that's happening, but they don't disappear. They're not like done cottage core. You know, there, I have been doing this like Nolita fairy tale story for over a year, right? This idea of very feminine dressing. Like I think about, about like in the ready to wear world, like all those Scandinavian designers, it's like these very froofy kind of taffeta dresses, but they're wearing them with combat boots. So this is not new. This has been influencing fashion for seasons and it continues to be relevant into what I'm talking about for 2024. So although there's so much debate about do trends exist anymore? Are they important? Absolutely. Yes. And yes. For both of those, those reasons that I'm saying is that there, there's something that's happening. It's a, it's a cultural moment and yes, things might shift, but that doesn't mean like clear your stock of any feminine prints and like ditsies <laughs> yeah. and, you know, ruffles. It, it, it's standing in who you are and continuing to watch those cores pop up, watch these mini trends and then speak to the same product to relate to that. It does not yeah. mean change is happening and we're rapidly like swiftly going in and out of things. Like I said, the clean girl's not going anywhere. Like all of those clean girls are not going to start wearing, you know, smoky eyes and, and gigantic talon nails, but it is going to allow the people that weren't into those aesthetics before to feel a bit more like themselves. And I think this year we'll just see that everybody has more freedom. So I hope that that, that clears up my thoughts on the cores because I love them. I think that they're fun little moments within a much larger macro trend that has so many legs for so many seasons. Well, I think that that is, it's, I love that we're talking about this. I think that this kind of is the, the, no pun intended. This is the core of it. (laughs) This is kind of the crux of it. So at the, at the very like baseline, when you're like designing into your line or you're building out your product before you you know are buying into collections, you need to be super super clear on first of all who you are, and your aesthetic, and your point of view, and who your customers are, and what they come to you for. And when you have that kind of framework and that guideline, that helps you to like say, okay, these little quick trends that are popping up, it feels like every day on TikTok these new cores that come up once a quarter or whatever. It's like, are they right for you or not? You have that lens that you can kind of filter these through and know that there is a larger trend happening. So I think that's a really good perspective to say, hey, look up a little bit bigger and look at the overarching trend and then be really clear on who the foundation of your brand is Mm -hmm. and what you stand for and like what your brand vibe is. And then you can kind of say, okay, that trend makes sense for me. That trend doesn't make sense for me. And this applies, you know, whether you design or buy apparel or not, this applies to your brand 
if you are looking at fragrances or, you know, label designs or, you know, textile pattern design, if you're a stationary, I mean, I'm just thinking of a lot of the listeners and the people that I know that um, the brands that they have that that listen in, like this applies to all product categories and beyond. I think it's, we can maybe transition this into like talking about how this applies to your marketing and how you like bring those trends over. Oh, for sure. I'm curious your thoughts on just how you say, okay, here are some of these trends. How can I bring that into my messaging and like use the product that I already have to tap into them? Obviously, this isn't a, isn't a social media conversation, but I know you're very well versed in like brand messaging. So I'd love your thoughts on on that. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, the fun partnerships that I have in my business is that I work directly with um, Informa Markets Fashion um, and primarily with Magic. So if people are familiar with trade shows, you know, this is probably the largest trade show in um, the apparel world. And when I do education panels there, you know, again, coming from this very long background of corporate retail, department store retail, I have been exposed to a new audience where I'm meeting small business owners all the time and really having these very intimate, very interesting conversations about what trend means to them. And so now I'm following all of these boutiques and I'm watching how they're interpreting that message. And so I think, you know, do we love to spend all of our time on social media? No, but I think it's, it's important to follow key accounts that are going to give you those cores or those key trend aesthetic messages so that when it's the right time, you can capitalize on that and speak to that within your brand. Again, really looking for the ones that are organic or authentic to your brand messaging and then have fun with it. So one, uh, you know, I'm not as, as well-versed in cosmetics or fragrance or anything like that, but you know, like I said, vanilla girl before, right? And then I noticed in the past couple of months, there's so much talk about vanilla based fragrances, right? So I like that would have been something so fun to talk about if you have that kind of product assortment in your store. And you could do something really cool that's like a social media post around that. Like, how are you linking vanilla girl as a look, as an aesthetic, as a trend into these products? Like, how can you educate about why vanilla is so delicious and yummy as a, as a base note or a top note right now, or, or however, you know, I'm trying here. <laughs> no, I love it. No, it's perfect. I, yeah. This is exactly, it's exactly it. Like, I'm like, I know that this isn't a social media conversation, but I think it's so important to think differently about how trends can impact you and your messaging. Cause I know one of the biggest struggles I think for all of us is just our marketing. I mean, some people just naturally are amazing at marketing. And for other people, it's like a chore. And it's like, how do I, what, what do I, how, how do I know what to say to my customers? And it's like, this could be a super fun way to bring that yeah. in if it makes sense for your brand. You know, what I love about small businesses is that they are, uh, you know, whoever owns their own business, or if you have a product line and you really understand who your audience is and you are truly an expert and people trust you so much, right? Mm -hmm. When you're a corporate entity, things can get a little bit more lost. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of opinions. It's hard to distill down a brand message. So 
we don't love, like none of us really like love going on social. Some people do, uh, you know, doing these videos, doing these kind of, um, you know, outreach, but there is a platform that you have. You're the expert, you know, and people do want to hear from you and they want to know what your thoughts are on these trends. They want to know why to buy. They want to know why you've purchased, you know, I'm going back to the trade show thing because I'm seeing a really cool trend where, you know, business owners are walking the halls of the show and like in real time, live Instagram story, like, do you guys like this and getting immediate feedback and then include like including it in their buys. There's so many cool ways to utilize social media, but you are looked at as, like I said, the voice of authority. And I want to hear from those people. Like, I want to know if you have a certain kind of store, why you've made the purchases that you have. And I want you to entice me and like, give me that little storytelling moment. People want to hear it. I know that it feels trite to us, but I, again, like listening to how you've been talking about your business and talking, I talk about how I run my business. We got to push ourselves out of the comfort zone because actually people do care and they want to hear it. So, you know, I started doing Instagram reels last year and it was painful for me because technology is not, not my strong suit at all. And like, I'm learning how many videos you have to make to make something that's this long. And it's just so, but now I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And it's kind of interesting. And I do like doing this. And I like to give people a, a view of what I'm doing behind the scenes, like styling the shoot or doing these little fashion videos of like what I thought was interesting at Couture Week and why. And like, it just gives you 30 seconds of what my thoughts are and And um, I think that that's something everybody should push themselves out of the comfort zone to stand as an authority in their categories. Oh, I love that. I mean, I think like standing as an authority is such a good little, I don't know, quippy note because it is, it truly is one of those things where we, I don't want to say take it for granted, but we just kind of get in the the day to day and you're like, no one really, no one really cares how I'm, I don't know, finalizing my gift box layouts. Or you're probably like, this is just another day in the life of a trend forecaster. And somebody else (laughs) is like, what is a trend forecaster? Tell me more. Like, I want to know what's trending or what you're seeing out there or what the new color story is. Like, is red going to still be popular by the time September rolls around? Like, do I buy those Adidas with the pink? You know, like, (laughs) are they still going to be cool? And you're like, it's one of those reminders of, yes, you are the expert and people want to connect with you and want to hear what you have going on because it's it goes back to information being more accessible now and people put their trust in those micro influencers the nano influencers the does the the real people that are actually showing up like you there's so much potential there to kind of tap into that and share your expertise oh but um, i like even when you were just saying about red a second ago and i wanted to say yeah, this is the year of power, right? If we're standing in the, as the authority for our businesses and we know that we, we own and can, can definitively share with our audiences the whys. Oh, okay. Red. Well, I heard from Jessica that 
this is the year of the woman. This is the year of empowerment. And so that color, I can't think of anything that's more important than the color red this year. And I stand behind that, like start talking about this. Oh, by the way, that trend is called first lady. That's what I'm calling it. First lady aesthetic. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I can share that, that maybe I'll do a little reel about that. Um, but I think that that is, that's it. Like that's starting, that's telling the story. And I, when I do my education, like I'm saying, or when I'm working with clients, it's like, oh, hold up. Like, let's go from the bottom up and talk about why and where this is coming from and why it's important. Sell that story. Like, it's not just because, oh, this color is trending. Give the reason, like give the storytelling moment that the customer is looking for. And, you know, I, I also do some analytic research for projects that I'm working on. And, and recently I've been exploring um, shopping behaviors with all of the different generations and like really cross-generationally looking at what, what people, what is interesting to people. And the messaging is important to every group. Millennials love to be educated. They, they are like reading everything on the internet. They're watching every video. They just want to be the experts themselves. So they'll take in as much information as possible. Gen Z is really reacting to it as well. You know, they're actually doing something super interesting, which is they're going back to stores. Millennials can't be bothered to go into stores. Gen Z is going back to the stores. So that idea of the physical store experience Maybe it's been slower, but it's going to pick up. And that's something that you're going to want to translate in your store experience, your displays, that part of the storytelling as well. Like you can't just hide behind the phones because the millennials have been okay with like just digitally being digitally native and shopping that way. Like now we go to go back in the store and tell the story in a different way and talk and speak through our physical merchandising. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get very excited about, about oh, all this. I it's love really it. Like that's the end usage. Yeah. I literally got like <laughs> chills when you started talking about like consumer behaviors and like shopping patterns. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to talk for five hours. I feel like we need to do like a two part episode. Um, I love that. <laughs> I like what is, it's so fascinating to me the way Gen Z is shopping and how they engage. And, and is it Gen Oh, wait, what is it? Is it Gen X? Is that the one below? Gen Alpha. No. So Gen Alpha, X thank you. Like above. Thank you. Then, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gen Alpha, the way Gen Alpha, I mean, they're young right now, but mm-hmm. they're influencing the millennials. So like the millennial shopping behaviors are going to definitely be changing in the next, even like just five years probably because of them wanting to kind of stay in step with their kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it'll just be so interesting to see. I, I think that the, I'm very excited about the, the return to stores, but it's different than it used to be. And it's yeah. going to be completely different and bringing that experience and, and like digitizing your store essentially. <laughs> Making it modern, you know? Well, we're seeing, and so, you know, Full disclosure, half disclosure. I was recently asked to speak, um, and for to a press outlet about the Sephora tweens and, and this, uh, in store experience. And so I'll, you know, there's going to be more that I've said about this, but my overview <laughs> on this is first of all, we were not that much more well behaved. And this is not something that's new. This is, this is something that's, it's evocative to us because we're thinking about them back in the stores, but look at the, the behaviors that we're observing, right? They want that tactile and tangible experience. Yes, they're doing terrible things with the samples and they're like acting out, 
but they're curious, right? So we need to take the good parts of this and use this in our brains to affect like what we're doing in our stores or with our merchandising. They are loving the packaging, right? They're, they're super interested in the bright colors and the graphics. And it's, it's, it's getting them to cross the floor and go try those products. They're watching tutorials on TikTok and getting information. Do they need retinol? No, but that's a separate issue that we don't. Whole separate issue. We need to take what's happening that applies to us and help it form our mindset. And so when we're thinking about Gen Alpha, yes, there's all these like very sensational things that are coming out of it, but we are learning about their shopping behaviors and we're going to start translating that. And even, you know, I, There'll be more in the article, but one of the things I said is that now in our marketing and now in our our speaking to clients, education is going to be more important than ever, right? Because they've realized that they have this, this clientele that they didn't know that they had that are quite young. So it's important for brands to start going on and talking about active ingredients and talking about what's appropriate for people. And maybe you should try this and having brand ambassadors that are a little bit more, um, I guess, guiding in the right way versus just, you know, the endless amounts of TikTok videos and there, but that, that to me was so interesting because they're like, we just said, the millennials are going to be the digitally native ones. Gen alpha is going back to the stores, but now we might see that changing for millennials in the, in the next couple of years, because they're going to get dragged back to the mall. And so we'll see everybody in physical stores. again. <laughs> I know it's going to be so interesting. I'm just, I'm very excited to see what happens in like the next 10 to 15 years with oh, yeah. physical retail. Cause obviously that's a slower moving beast. It's like, way more, you know, financially, um, dependent on getting backed or, or having investment to be able to open up. But like, you know, there's so much dead real estate with malls. And I don't think that that's, what's going to end up coming back. I think it's, you know, that potentially like the return of the lifestyle center, but also maybe being a little more, um, what's the right word? Not fluid. Um, transient maybe like more pop-up style like experiential like opening closing and just being like like more of a demand to come whenever it's there and then going away like I feel like maybe that will happen I don't have an answer yeah I I really love that um you know it's it's funny that you say that I have a friend that works for and I don't have a French accent to save my life but she works for Venus at Floor you know this okay. um yeah. they're like the roses that last year and yep. they're always doing the coolest pop-ups and it's so enticing to go and what's interesting is I don't think that they had a physical location for so long so I don't know that people could have necessarily gone and seen the products as much so like you're saying I love this idea of yeah you have to come we're going to be there for a month like you gotta come and check us out and then we're gonna be gone gone. and then Mm -hmm. you don't have the commitment to the spaces and kind of like overriding all of those like you're saying like be thoughtful and and how do we kind of get past this idea of dead malls or dead you know physical spaces what's new what's exciting and you know people i'm sorry people want to go and have an instagram moment too like i I, that's not going away i don't think that's going away as as much as it's like a cringy millennial thing like i'm standing behind it we're still going to be doing that in 10 years yeah i don't know that they will be (laughs) the gen alpha is going to be like please don't do that (laughs) they're going to be not on social media at all they're going to be like No. no we're tired of it. We're, we're shutting it down. We're going back to like 2007, whenever we just lived our lives with our digital cameras and can our you, Blackberries. Can you imagine they thought that they think that I read something on Instagram last night. It was like, 
Y2K was a sleigh. I was like, oh, girl, no, we were like really afraid we were going to die or the computers were going to blow up. We literally (laughs) were like hanging on. We were like, what's going to happen when the clock strikes midnight? Not a sleigh. (laughs) Not a sleigh. But like you said, they're, 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 they're digitally over it. They're just so hyper exposed. Um, where are we even going with this trend conversation all over the place? I know, I know. That's, no, it's good though. It's it, yeah. because it's the awesome thing about this conversation is that at the what it really boils down to is that a trend is an overarching, an overarching thing that that we're all influenced by at every different facet and level of our business yeah. of our lives our behaviors, the way we shop, the way we intake information, the way we search for things, how we dress, how we wish we dressed, like it, it really impacts everything. And so I think it's just a really interesting conversation. I, I wasn't really sure that it was going to go like this path, but I'm so happy <laughs> it did because yeah. it is so all inclusive. It is like completely encompassing. Like we are guided by, by trends. And it's really fascinating when you sit back and you think that, you know, it's happening around us. Like it's, it's one of those invasive things. Like how do these trends just happen? You know, it just, it appear, it just kind of like happens and it's the most cool freaking thing of all time. Like I don't have, and I don't know how to pinpoint things, but just somehow trends happen. <laughs> they, they do. I mean, I'm like, Oh, girl, that's all I know is like where, why and where trends happen. But the the thing that I would come back to time and time again is I think there's a lot of fear in people that trends are quick and they're not. They are Mm -hmm. actually, in my opinion, moving slower than they ever have before. They're just kind of getting a little like refresh every season, but there's still a, a red thread that's happening and continues on and on. And that's why I would really come back and encourage people to say, you can participate in a trend. And then if you feel like it's over, take a step back and just see how it's sort of changed and react to that. Don't feel like, oh, I made an investment in the wrong thing, or this isn't going to continue. What am I doing? Like, what am I standing for? It's, it's feeling old. Things are going on for so long. The biggest example I can give is the hair bow. Okay. Like I was talking about this for fall 2022. The fact that I'm a woman that lives in New York city and I'm seeing the subway stations full of young women with gigantic hair bows speaks to how when a trend feels good, it will continue on for so long and people want to keep participating in it. So don't feel like you've exhausted it. Feel good. If you're audience is responding to it. If you still feel good about it, keep talking about it. It's not over and you don't have to be ahead in like what's on to the next. Really continue to participate in it and let it be part of your brand DNA and let it be authentic to you. When it's time, you'll know the next trend that's appropriate for you. I know it's so hard, especially in a small business, but give yourself that moment, give yourself that breath and, and don't think of trends as something to be afraid of. Think of it as a wonderful platform to speak to your audience in and really embrace them and be the expert on so many different ways. That was the most perfect way. (laughs) That was, that was literally the most perfect way to wrap up this conversation. I am like, just 
so grateful to you for coming on the show. And I feel like we could, I'm probably going to ask you to come back again because I feel like we could talk about so many things, but I'm really, really grateful to you. Can you share how people can find you and follow along on your trend reels? Cause you're going to start doing it more. (laughs) Absolutely. So my business again is called JMR trend and creative. And so you'll see all different examples of my work there. Um, I think I just wanted to reiterate one more time. You know, I work with clients on all levels of the business. So you don't have to have a huge budget. You don't have to really have a huge project. It's about really making a creative, bespoke experience for you and for me to help you use trend that that's very authentic and organic for you. That's the passion of my business. I am on Instagram, Jessica, the letter X, R-I-C-H. There is another Jessica Rich. There is another Jessica Richards. Uh, one's a shoe designer. One's in the beauty world. So we're all like kind of in the same space. Which in is the really world. Funny. I will um, link you. I will, yes, put, I will you. put your website and your Instagram in the show notes. And I'll be tagging you all over Instagram and in awesome. my email. So people can find you and work with you and learn from you and all the things. This was just such a great conversation. I'm like lit up by this. And I'm just so (laughs) grateful that we reconnected. Oh my gosh. So it was so wonderful. And I really hope to be back for part two. So we can talk some more. Yes. We will do it for sure. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you are loving the show, I would be so beyond grateful if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with one of your biz besties to help spread the word. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. I'll be back to chat with you next Monday.